Unhinged Night podcast. Scotty, what's going on? Uh, a lot. A lot, he says. A lot in every facet of the word. Yeah, we are. We're on a bit of a time crunch here today for Scotty, so we may not hit everything with high efficiency, but I think there are a few things that we've got to hit, um, and then we can move through it as efficiently as possible. Before we get to the biggest thing that happened for the Yankees this week, um, the way that we have, I think, subconsciously started structuring the show is we are starting off with injury information. Um, In good news, Carlos Rodon, I believe, made his second-to-last or final rehab start with the Somerset Patriots, so he should be... Nearer and nearer, right? Should be. That's uh, that's what we've been hearing. That's that's the goal. Um, and Ian Hamilton made his return from the IL as well this week. Um, I believe he made it. I believe he was officially reinstated Wednesday morning. Although we did not need him on Wednesday, which we will get to. Um, but in less happy yay yay news. Um. For the first time on Saturday, Aaron Judge told reporters that he tore a ligament in his toe. Uh, Previously, it was always reported that he had sprained his toe, um, and he also said that he is still in pain when he walks. The timetable is undetermined, um, and I am frustrated. Oh, Scotty has disappeared. Oh, he's back. I pressed pressed the wrong button. Um... (laughs) No, I mean that's simplest way to put it, is is frustrated. Um, the one good look, and I don't even count it as a good look, is it somewhat seems like our offense may be existing again. I won't really. There, there was a, a slight maybe. glimmer of it yesterday. It was against the A's. I don't know how much I want to count it. Well, we lost the first game against the A's, so yeah. I think you actually can count it. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, we saw a glimmer. It it's possible. It it exists. The ability is there, but it it's just not a promise and and it's not looking like our offense is being turned around. Stan isn't really doing much of a job. Donaldson's doing a little bit more than But Donaldson only does it in games that we lose. Every yeah. time Josh Donaldson is in a home run, we've lost the game. Yeah. Um yeah, a little a little annoying. I found this stat from at KT Sharp on Twitter. Um, John Carlos didn't in game starting since in game started since 2022, entering yesterday. As a DH, he's slashing 186, 281, and 423 in 385 plate appearances. And as an outfielder with significantly less plate appearances, about 200 less, he has 182 plate appearances as an outfielder as a as the Yankee in 2022, but he's slashing 251, 302, and 503. Um, we've talked about this all the time. Is I just I don't understand how the Yankees have become such a a numbers team, but are deliberately ignoring these numbers. Yeah, I mean, I it's impressive most of the time. You know, some of uh, some of the things they overlook. And we've talked about it plenty of times, and everybody talks about it. It's not like it's just us. It's everybody. Everybody is aware of it. It's just it. And then there were, uh, I don't know if you covered this last week or if this was this week. My, I literally, I barely know what day it is right now. 
Um, but there was a time where the Yankees took a very long time to bring out their lineup card. And Aaron Boone was like 35 minutes late to a press conference. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do not. Okay. So it might've been this week. Boone was about 35 minutes late to a press conference. Um, Josh Donaldson was talking to press and then got pulled into Boone's office. And I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's coming. It's coming. It's it's here. Um, clearly he was not DFA'd or released at all. Um, but the frustrating part was out of that conversation and Boone was asked pretty much point blank when he came to the table for his press conference, he said that he thinks that Donaldson needs at bats to get better. He just needs to start running and start going for him to take off. And it's, it's, it's frustrating because how many times have he, has he been given that same opportunity and not done anything with it? You know, like when, too many, when do we decide if we're just cherry picking, which people say those stats about Stan are, we're cherry picking what statistics we want to ignore and what statistics we want to pay attention to. And it is wildly, wildly, wildly frustrating. Um, I have a quote here from Michael Kay before we get into the, hap- the, the fun things to talk about from yesterday. Um, you know, why not just keep on ratting on the Yankees, right? Last night, last night, my friends told me that I am probably the only person they know that can talk so much shit about the team that they love. (laughs) And I said, it's because, and correct me if you feel this way too, it's because the right answer is right there. Like there, it's so clear, the fix seems in our face, but it's never done. Yeah. No, I do see that. I do get where you're coming from. Um, At the same time, I also feel like it's a lot easier when you know... We know everything that's going on within the organization. And so we know what's right, what's wrong. We want everything to be right. A lot of the time it's going to be right. But that's just our vision of it is, you know... I can't, you know, talk about how terrible a team's manager is if I don't know anything about him. Unfortunately... We know Aaron Boone. <laughs> um, but this was also oh, also last week. Sorry, I'm like all thrown around now. Did you see the clip of Jake from Talking Yanks talking to Aaron Boone about how he should have benched Josh Donaldson after he got picked off at the Red Sox series? No. He's right to his face. It was that because right. I'm going I'm I'm doing this to get into my Michael K quote. Um when Michael K talks to Boone, there's still right K is partially employed by the Yankees because he works for Yes Network. Boone is clearly employed by the Yankees. So th- I feel like there's sometimes some hesitation in asking questions and being brutally honest with Aaron Boone on those questions on his show, which I understand. Talking Yanks is not related to the Yankees, right? They're they, they're more closely related to Major League Baseball as a whole than to specifically the Yankees. Um, so it's really cool that Boone is on the show. And Jake looked at him and he was like, the team is not doing well. Because at the time, and kind of still now, the team is not doing well. 
Yeah. Um, and Josh Donaldson got picked off of first base. And he said, in what world is a veteran, never been a speedy guy, has like three stolen bases in the last five years, why should he be anywhere but directly on first base? Like, he should not be getting picked off, right? Yeah. And he said, the way that you set a tone and change the pace of a team, because that's what the Yankees need, right? And hopefully, last night with Domingo will be that change of pace that we need. But sometimes when you're going through something, you need to do something drastic to change that pace. And Jake's like, you should have sat Donaldson right then and there. You should have pulled him off the field. And Boone, it was interesting to finally see someone tell Boone that he's mismanaging. Yeah, I mean, it's something important there. And exactly that, you got to make a statement. At At what point do you make that statement? I mean, of course, every player doesn't want to lose. But we're also barely making changes to want to try and win. At what point do you go and you just put your foot down and you say, if you fuck up, you fuck up, you're not playing. Exactly. And it it it, it was really cool to just see. And, and Boone defended his decision, saying, you know, Donaldson is a veteran player. We need him on the field, blah, blah, blah. First of all, I can argue that we don't. <laughs> you can argue very strongly that we don't need him on the field. But it was really cool to see. But with this, I was trying to transition into this quote from Michael Kay, where he's kind of directly calling Cashman out. And this is something that, Scotty, we've talked about a lot in pretty much any of Cashman's press conferences is how he builds his teams, right? And this is the full K quote, whether he, Brian Cashman, has the touch to build a championship team, that remains to be seen. The one thing that bothers Michael Kay, when I talk to Brian about that stuff, he says their secret sauce works to 162 games. And then in the postseason, it's a crapshoot. Well, then my answer is get a better system because it doesn't seem to be a crapshoot for the Astros. You should not build a system that's a crapshoot in the most important time of the year. That's not good business. So they got to get something that works over 162 and the postseason. But Scotty, would you say right now the Yankees are working for that 162? I couldn't tell you what they're working for right now. Like, are we working to be the worst Yankee team in history? They're just, they're just working to survive, it looks like. And not doing well. No. Yeah, not survive for the playoffs, just survive as a whole. We are, it just feels like we are, I don't even want to say that we're like fighting to not drown. I feel like we're just like kind of okay with the fact that we're not staying afloat very well. Right. We're lucky that the Red Sox have also kind of hit a similar slump or else we would be in last place. Yeah. And and it just the, the combination of the two of Aaron Boone getting called out, Michael Kay saying that about Cashman, it feels really good to see the thoughts that you see and feel from as fans and like you see on Twitter and you think, oh God, is this just like me being crazy fan caring too much like reading too much into it it's really cool like not cool because it's my own team falling the shit but to know that there are people that are like no systemically there's something wrong yeah do you have anything else before we get to yesterday i don't think so i mean we just need to wrap everything around and i mean everybody's got to step up 
nobody's stepping up. That yeah, we need someone to step in and be a surrogate leader without Judge in there because it, it, with a torn ligament, I don't know when we're going to see him again. Right. Yeah. And we need someone to step up who's going to stay healthy and step up. Right. Bader steps up great. We need you to stay on the field, buddy. Anybody else? And literally anybody else could step up too. That'd be super cool. Now. How about you talk about yesterday? Why? Because I'm the only one that can put it in a slightly encouraging manner. You can remove your bias a little bit better than I can. (laughs) All right. Well, yesterday, if you haven't heard. um, Wednesday. Wednesday. Sorry. Um, If you haven't heard what happened, um, you're living under a rock. (laughs) You're an idiot. Stupid. Uh, but Mr. Domingo Herman, um, went and through the first perfect game since 2012, the 24th total in ALNL history. I think it's like 34, um, overall in all of history. Um, and you know, pretty dominant nine. And the fourth in Yankee history. Sorry. Fourth in Yankee history. Yeah. Um, last one for the Yankees. Yankees lead it um, with the most of four. Last one was Mr. David Cohn in 1999. Um, Domingo went, of course, the nine innings, but nine innings, nine Ks, did just about what you need. You know, nine Ks. He was right? working. He was working well. What? 99 pitches? 99 pitches. It was that's, Maddox. That's so creepy. Nine, yeah, nine, nine, nine innings, nine, nine. nine Ks, 99 pitches. So it was Maddox, um, which is under 100. Um, so just another really impressive thing. Everything was working. Um, I think he had two counts, two two batters where it went to a three-ball count. Um, I was getting a little nervous in the eighth and the ninth. Um, but honestly, the offense was working properly around it. I think they said on the broadcast, one inning, it's like the fifth inning was a 34-minute long inning. We scored six runs. Um, but besides that, every inning has been pretty relatively sh- – was pretty relatively short. Kept him on the mound, kept him going. Defense, there's a lot of good defense as well. A lot of high-promise defense um, around him. And, you know, it was like 9Ks through 27 batters is – I can't – 18 strike – or 18 outs – from your field and so to have that locked down from everybody is really impressive um i do think it's funny that we get a uh perfect game before a no hitter this year uh, um <laughs> but it's going to be an interesting uh an interesting perfect game to go down in history to say the least because there's so much around him um but in no way shape or form can you actually take this away from him it still goes down in history it still is a perfect game um i think that it's going to be a perfect game to be like oh remember that perfect game then people then it'll kind of lead into domingo herman being domingo herman um of course things off the field and on the field um so it's going to be it's going to be an interesting little uh vibe surrounding essence yeah, and uh, an interesting essence around this perfect game. But again, 
no doubt it did happen. Although it did happen against a D3, low D3 college team. Um. <laughs> I think the craziest part of it all, and I think that I've always been very clear about my opinions on Domingo Herman. I don't think I need to bore you all with that again. But I, God, I'm glad it happened to the Yankees. God, I wish it could have been literally any of our other pitchers. <laughs> but beggars can't be choosers. Um, I think the the craziest thing is that this comes after his start last week, which, if you don't remember, he gave up 10 runs to Seattle last week. Yeah. Like, you talk about a bounce-back performance. Yeah, That's I mean, this crazy. is... Domingo has had probably one of the wildest seasons so far. He came out, started the season very dominant. But we, he was he was a bubble on being in the rotation. Yeah. And then showed dominance, had points of dominance, and then we go three starts of shitting the bed. And then really good, and I got suspended. And then he came off the suspension bad. And then, as you said, 10 runs there. And then, has of course, does this. He's... Not a reliable pitcher, but when he's locked in, he is very, very efficient. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely going to, right, first perfect game in the pitch clock era, first perfect game since the sticky stuff situation, including a guy who was suspended for sticky stuff. Um, yeah. Everything that happened with him and his domestic violence problems, Um, that I'm not going to say a single problem because... There's no way it was just the one, but that's neither here nor there. Um, it's a very, very interesting and curious story. But I think the one thing that we need to remember is the other half of that bullpen of Kyle Higashioka. Right. Same guy who also caught Corey Kluber's. Exactly. And I it's it's interesting because I know. Right when we first got Garrett Cole, there was the whole discussion of Higgy being a personal catcher for Garrett Cole. Um, and then there's the discussion of he's a really, really great backup catcher, which is not wrong. Right. He's been with the Yankee organization since 2008, was like kind of set up to be a career minor leaguer. Um, and just the the way that I love Higgy, I think he's he's such a great dude. Um, and it's really, really cool to see that he's now, right, not only is he in the record books with Corey Kluber and his no-hitter, he's now even more solidified in the record books with Domingo Herman and a perfect game. Scotty, I have a question for you. And I don't know if you're going to know this answer. Everyone who has thrown a no-hitter, are they in the Baseball Hall of Fame? Yes. Well, that is tricky. Did they get there? Oh, do you mean? Wait, 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 do you mean? Do you you meant the pitcher itself is in the Hall of Fame? Yes, I don't. I know that. I know that the event will be Let's there. Say, yeah, the event. Yeah, they take the ball. No, not okay. every pitcher that throws a no hitter is in the Hall of Fame. Okay, no. that's that's good to know because I was gonna say that was gonna get real tricky real quick. There are there are plenty of not nobodies, but there are plenty of less illustrious pitchers. pitchers. Yeah. Yeah, who have thrown no hitters? Because no hitters um, are not as uncommon as you know. No, 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 no. The perfect game. Like, have ever? Sorry, I meant everybody who's thrown a perfect game. Um, that now, honestly, that has a better 
better chance. I know. Uh, um, that has a better chance not because they threw the perfect game, but because of the pitchers that are there already. Because mo- a lot of them are so already were they already probably very would have would have been voted in even without the perfect game. Is what you're saying? I think most of them, yes. People, okay. Randy Johnson would yeah. have been. Um, Philip Humber, I don't have never heard of. When did he throw um, it? He threw it. Um, in 1935. No, 2012. Oh, we had a more two recent guy. Alliday threw one. That makes sense. There were two perfect to... games in 2012. I'm I am focused on his post. I don't think he. I'm gonna guess he is not a Hall of Famer. Mr. Humber. Um, Mr. Humber. Yeah. Yeah, okay. there's two in 2012 because there's Matt Cain as well. Oh, three, Matt Cain as well. Humber and Hernandez? Humber, Cain, and Hernandez. Wow. Um, and a very big drought. That'd be, yeah, that's three. And then there's Holiday. Um, okay, that's what I was curious. Yeah, no, I'm I'm 95% sure no. Okay. Yeah, okay. Philip Humber is not in the Hall okay. of Fame. Um, but it was... Did you watch the game? Uh, I watched the end of it. I, I watched was... from inning like seven to nine, but I did not watch the whole thing because I was like, I think I was I'm about okay. the same point. I was like, I don't think after like I saw the notification that we had like four or five runs by like the fourth inning, I was like, I don't think I need to turn this on. I think I'll live without watching it. And then I was like, I was on the phone with my friend and I got off the phone and I was like, I guess I could put it on. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to put this bitch on. <laughs> um, And I was a little speechless after it happened Um, for a collection of reasons. One, the fact that it happened and the fact that it happened to the Yankees made me speechless and a happy, oh my God, I can't believe this just happened. Way This is so exciting. This is crazy. I'm so happy. Then speechless in the other way of, oh my God, I think my, as much as I hate on Josh Donaldson, my least favorite Yankee. Literal least favorite person, human being. Just uh, did. No, second, second least favorite human being. Uh, my my least favorite Yankee. Yeah. Close to, close to t- least favorite human being. Close, close to my least favorite baseball human being. Yeah. Um. Oh my God, he just did this amazing, amazing thing. Um, so like the emotions in me were really fighting, and I had my door open when I was watching it, and I was just like, I clapped one time, and then I was silent. And my roommate <laughs> came over, and he was like, "Are are you okay?" And I'm like, "I, I don't know. <laughs> don't have an answer for you. Like I really don't know what I'm supposed to say." So on my, like, on any socials I've posted, I've been like, wow, Kyle Higashioka performed great last night. That is my guy. Um, But it was still very cool to see and experience and know it happened. And I think Ruko called it really well. Um, It was really funny. We went and uh, here I had the Yankee. 
Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm losing this, Daddy. Hold on, I lost you a little bit. Hold on, I lost you a little bit. had... Okay, I had the Yankee broadcast on, and my roommate had the A's broadcast on. But his was a little bit ahead of mine, and so I turned mine off, and so we just wanted to hear how the A's broadcast would have called it. So it was really funny. But it, it was actually really interesting because they still... They weren't, like, bummed out. Yeah, I mean, you're the A's. It's they not still... like the Dodgers getting perfect games. Well, no, but at, the, but at the same time, you are also... You just called history. It doesn't matter what team you're really... You're objectively right still there. a fan of baseball. Yeah, you just yeah you just experienced and called history. Um, I think I think my favorite thing, whenever you see a no hitter or can see a perfect game, is when Herman threw strike two to like the first batter. The crowd was so excited; they were like, "Yeah!" And it's like I know that we're at the Coliseum. And there's all the drama around A's fans anyway, but I was like, that's just so funny to hear them cheering, like, for the other team. Yeah. Um, But we have one more game today, Thursday, against the A's, and then we come, what, back out east? Yes. Yes, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I know we play the Orioles over 4th of July, so I'd assume we start... On Friday, probably. Oh, sorry, I had to stretch. Um, I don't have a whole lot of um other. I do. Oh, Scotty said I do. Oh, okay. Well, I have one two days ago. Esteban Florial. Uh, this is the Yankee related thing. Esteban Florial relates. Uh, uh, ranks second in AAA with 19 homers. He's really good at AAA, man. Really good. Uh, that was the only Yankee thing I had. Other. Uh, none. All right. What have we got around the league? We got we to gotta zoom through All right, here. So let's know. start with, we just talked about history. Let's talk about another piece of history. Ellie De La Cruz hit for the cycle, the youngest cycle ever in just 51 games. Disgusting Extreme. and unhuman. Yeah. Yeah. Extremely impressive. And it, the best part about it was it was a real game. It was, it, it, the, like, was it against the Braves? Or I'm pretty sure. The- yes, it was. It was against the Braves. Did you see Blue's was- tweet after the Braves and Red series? He goes, at Reds, really good series. Let's never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, and like what I mean by that is like it was a real game as in like I feel like a lot of cycles are like, oh, you got the cycle and that makes it 12 to 1. This every hit mattered for him. Yeah. The homer was a big homer. The triple was like a two-run triple that gave them the lead or something like that. Like it was a real competitive and he did it in his first four at bats. He got it by like the seventh inning. Um so yeah, just different breed. And he um, ended with the triple, which is sick. Because in yeah. my opinion, the triple's the hardest one. Not for Ellie De La Cruz. It takes him nine steps. Um, okay, for, <laughs> for normal humans, the triple is the hardest one. He decides to stop at second sometimes. He doesn't have to. <laughs> um, This is something that happened last week, and I didn't speak about it uh, just because I put it in the wrong folder. Uh, Joe Ryan threw a, uh, tossed a shutout. Um, Minnesota Twins pitchers are really good. Um, three hit, nine Ks. Very good shutout. Um, Dane Dunning also had a very good outing uh, last night. Uh, really got me excited. I thought that, that was going to be the lead I needed. Turns out my opponent had Domingo Herman. Um, <laughs> so uh, 
I was really happy. I got 40 fantasy points from him because he goes eight and two thirds, two earned, 10 Ks, four hits. Yeah, the other, guy, other guy got 40,000 fantasy points. Uh, 61 fantasy points. I feel like that's really low for a perfect game. Perfect game is seven points, but you also get five points for the no hitter. So you get 12 extra points just for the perfect game. And then Never mind the win, shutout, strikeouts, all of that. Um, but yeah. Um, to continue uh, with very good numbers, um, we have a lot of people who hit uh, records or closing on records or things mm-hmm. like that. Matt Olson, not records, but like milestones, I'll say. Matt Olson hit his 200th career home run. Um, of course, that is a mix of the Braves and the A's. Um, most leadoff home runs, George Springer is now second all-time behind Ricky Henderson. He is 26 behind Ricky Henderson. George Springer is 65. Henderson has 81. It's I a possibility. Would, I, I, I can definitely see. Because George Springer is a really fucking good leadoff hitter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he is getting those lead off home runs very efficiently. Um, Freddie Freeman got his two thousandth hit, um, so great for him. Two thousand hits, uh, damn good. Only a thousand more would be really special. Um, Shohei Otani was the first um player to hit twenty five home runs. Along with that, he also kicked Hass on the mound. Matt Olson met um, him at twenty five quickly, but I think Shohei's at twenty eight now. Yeah. Um Francisco Lindor hit his two hundredth career home run. Um to continue along with everybody getting two hundred. But the one that, that mixes it up is uh Mr uh hate the man because he has his full name on his jersey, JD Martinez oh, hit his three hundredth career home run. I went I went to a Sox game uh, on Tuesday, that was all I was telling my friends. Is I was like, "This is the stupidest thing ever." It's stupid. It's they're like, dumb. it made it, well, it made sense. It made sense on the Tigers because there are two Martinez. Fine. There was no reason on the Red Sox, no reason on the Dodgers. Um, JD Martinez also hit two ninety nine and three hundred in the same game, which yes. is kind of fun. Um, and then update on Luis Arise is currently sitting below four hundred, but I think he's at three ninety eight or something like that. Very, very close. Um, Still a disgusting number to have going into July. Oh, 100%. Um, I just got really freaked out because Luis Urias just got sent down from the Brewers. Oh, yeah, yeah, I just saw the name, and I was like, huh? I didn't see the the team associate. I was like, this doesn't make sense. This makes no sense. They're like, let's just send him down while he's on top. Um. Another record is the Angels set a franchise record for most runs scored in a game when they scored T5 in the first four innings against the Rockies, um, which was absurd. And then they ended up losing the series. <laughs> and like they outscored the Rockies like 100 by like 20, by like 25. Um, most oh, Angels I love thing the Angels. They're just so fucking funny. Uh oh! Comparison of uh, uh Ronald Acuna 2022 and 2023 stats through his first 119 games in 2022. Acuna had 15 home runs and 29 stolen bases through 77 games so far this year. He had 16 home runs and 35 stolen bases. He is the first major league player in history to reach 35 stolen bases and 40 extra base hits before July. He is the MVP. Factual statement. Oh, yeah. Uh. Yeah. Estuary Ruiz will still beat him in the stolen base category, though. 
that just sucks that Estre Ruiz can do however good he wants to, and he will never break a franchise record just because of Ricky. <laughs> no, he will not. Um, what else have you got? Um, I have just two more things. Uh, um, well, I have a few more things, but I can go through them quickly. Um, we had two trades go on. Um, first two of the year. I'll be on like five. Um, Eduardo Escobar from the Mets gets moves gets traded to the Angels. Mid game. Um, poor. What? Mid game. That's. Lindor wild. was mic'd up, and he shares a locker with him. And they were like, "Did you hear about this?" He goes, "No." <laughs> My locker buddy's gone. I have a bigger locker. Uh, <laughs> um, the Mets got right-handed pitcher Landon Marco and Coleman Crow. Um, and then a second trade that happened was Mike Mustakis also going to the Angels. Angels trying to make a little playoff push, though with the wrong players. I was going to say interesting in selection of people. Um, I didn't see who they traded though. Um, I I don't think it was like a notable name. Yeah, I'm gonna assume that. That's um, I just think it's funny because I heard a thing and it was like, who do you think the biggest trade um person like will be this year? And everybody's like, I think it's uh Lucas Giolito. I go, this is the saddest trade market ever. Then if Lucas Giolito is a fucking. <laughs> Everybody's locked into their 700-year contracts. Like last year we had. It was such a good year last year, and it's all falling apart this year. Um, Last MLB thing I have was Pittsburgh releasing their City Connect jerseys. I think they're okay. I The helmets still, are ugly. I didn't even see the helmets. I just don't like how they have these details, which I love these minor details, but nobody on TV can see them. Nobody in the stands can see them. I bet the players can barely even see the details that they're talking about. Wait, so what's the detail on the Pirates one? Sorry, I know you have to go. It's like in within the jersey, there's like three different signs that are like, oh, here's for the split river. Here's for this. Here's for that. And it's like little things that like represent Pittsburgh, but it's so small. That it Listen, looks like it's it's like within the fabric. I know that it has to do with the city, but the fact that they didn't just put a fucking pirate ship on there is a missed opportunity. You know, just put the fucking bridge. Yeah. Like that's how San Francisco did it, but like San Francisco did it in an ugly way. Like um, I under and I understand sticking with the yellow. You have to stick with the yellow and black. Yeah. Fully makes sense. But there's just again another one that has been a miss this year, I feel. Not terrible, not the worst one. There's just so much more ability there of a city connect that people can see. Exactly. That's all. I just want to be able to see it on TV. That's all the ones that we've liked are ones that you can see and see the details. Yeah. I think yeah. you need to have a I mix love, of like, like smaller I love, I love, and bigger details. Yeah. I love the idea of those of details that are like, you know, just add to the jersey, but I want to be able to understand them and, and notice them. But I'm watching it on um, TV. My final thing is. Dylan Cruz, uh, number one overall pick coming uh, July 7th, won the Golden Spikes. Along with that, LSU uh, won the College World Series. Um, college baseball is fun, especially during the playoffs, except these two games weren't because the last two games weren't because it was 15 to 1 and then like 25 to 1. Both teams, Florida, sorry, in game two, Florida broke a or tied a NCAA record for most hits 
in a college world series game with like 23 the next day lsu went and broke that record in 24 hits <laughs> so not the best world uh college world series baseball's always college baseball's always fun to watch but i love lsu so yeah um and you got the draft coming up in a little bit and two of them are going to be top three you have skeins and cruz cruz probably going to be one one dylan cruz is like a 57 game hit streak or something like that or yeah. it was wild on base streak something like that um but yeah we've got to say goodbye to scotty but i've got just one more thing as he leaves scotty says goodbye um but just to finish up here um as we closed out the london series uh between the cardinals and the cubs which i personally think was a little underwhelming um i didn't i was busy the weekend that it was happening so i didn't i tuned into just parts of some of the games um, Manfred has announced that in 2025, they are planning to head to Bellary, the city of love and France, um, which is an interesting choice. Um, I don't really, I understand, but don't understand the points of them. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, listen, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I have to go to the bathroom real bad. So we're going to shut this down. If you want some more news about the Yankees, you can follow us on Instagram at pinstripe.podcast. And make sure you follow and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to. For Scotty, I am Lexi, and this has been the Pinstripe Podcast. Bye!